are officially tuned in to the Black Coffee with Bishop audio podcast hosted by Bishop Gary G. Hales. The BCB podcast is an authentic listening experience that focuses on relevant issues surrounding race, religion, and relationships. If you're looking for a podcast that discusses real and relevant issues with an unfiltered and straightforward approach, you found it. Before we get into today's episode, make sure you're subscribed. You can do so by visiting us online at copcincy.org or by simply hitting the subscribe button on your mobile device. Now, let's dive in. Listen, I want to get right into it. We're in a crisis. I know we're not here to solve every problem. We don't have every answer, but we do have some sweat in the game. We have some investment uh, just as life, as ministry and church, and you teach young people. I mean, just that alone is a dip, just an enormous uh, blessing and burden again to do that. But we're in a crisis. We had the the uh, undoubtedly the just devastating shooting on I mean, Saturday night mm-hmm. in Atlanta. It's it's mm-hmm. it's tragedy on every hand. Not mm-hmm. just Minneapolis. We've lived with mm-hmm. it. Uh, we I refuse to become conditioned to it. Um, and I just thought there's some ugly moments in America. And my goal, even last week and even tonight, is to just make our audience, those who are listening to us, aware. Mm-hmm. Not only be aware, but there's some beauty. I'm praying, and I'm praying, Myla, and I know you both are too, in your own perspectives, praying for, for God to release some beauty out of all of this. Mm-hmm. I believe he will until we, until I think he is now, we probably don't see all of the divine moves of God, but I really believe in these ugly moments of racism and hostility. And listen, we're in the, what, the third or fourth month of a pandemic. I mean, this is, we've had some major, you know, I was, you know, you see these things, there's some flooding going on in, in um, North Carolina and in parts of Florida. And you, and you know, so you have all these people, all oh, these the ends of times, they got floods and the pandemic and this racial hostility. But tonight I wanted to just come and have this conversation with not only men of my, who I admire and respect, but your thoughts are very critical to um, us as we debate, as we discuss possible solutions. And this is an emotional issue. You know, yes, we're all in our feelings on different levels, um, but I, I really wanted to have this conversation tonight. So I want to start here. What do you sense the church is gaining of your learning or experiencing through this process? Not just not black congregations or white congregations, just the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what do you think the church is gaining from this experience we're going through politically? I, I noticed there was a a, a sermon yesterday that is highly contestable and debatable on on white nationalism from a, a, a popular pastor in Columbus. But I, before I get into all that, I just want to know what they're hearing all of this information and they're hearing all these things. So let's start there. Um, Dr. Bradley, why don't you start us? What, what do you think that the church can gain from mm-hmm. the, these ugly moments that we're experiencing? Yeah. You know, I I hope that um, what people are realizing right now, what Christians are realizing right now, is that what we need is not a return to normal. Mm, all right. Because because all right. normal normal 
and obviously I'm speaking, you know, from the, from as a, as a white person and from the perspective of, of someone whose experience has been in predominantly white churches, Mm -hmm. normal for white America is comfortable and um, it ignores the real situation of the world around us. Uh, There are people that are easy to overlook. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, um, and, and so and and I and I do believe that I see that in a in a lot of people. I, I I believe that that the the just this whirlwind of circumstances um, and uh, the reality of of video, you know, things that oh, you could ignore before, you can't ignore it now. Right, right, right. Because there are the pictures. Yeah, right. That that this is beginning to to alert people to this reality. God's will is not being done on earth. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, and if you're praying for that, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta be an agent of God's reign of right. God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, so this is, this is my prayer. Uh, this is, this is my hope. And I, and I think, I think I, I see it. Um, a good friend of mine, who's, um, a church leader in Haiti, uh, was, was asked by a friend. I actually didn't hear him say this, but another friend relayed this. And, uh, my, my friend said, what do you think of, of the church in the United States? And he said, American Christians are very good at getting along without God. Uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and this is a situation where you can't do that. You know? I wish I had a mic I could drop like that and say, it's over with. We're good, good night. We're ready to go on now. <laughs> but you're absolutely, that is a powerful statement. I'm sorry, Doctor, but it's just amazing that because many of us are thinking that, might, might not frame it that way, um, but it, it it just seems to be it's just too easy that we operate in a a kind of window that is not godlike, <laughs> um, you know, and so it is becoming in certain arenas it is becoming normalized to not love the least of these. <laughs> You know what I mean, and so when I, I'm sorry when I heard that statement that it is it is so profound at so many levels that this is it, it, this crosses the street of any kind of ethnic or racial or anything because um, we're getting a picture a snapshot of people learning how to process things without God. <laughs> There's, good, there's no God involvement, no consultation, no prayer, no, like you said, no kingdom work. Uh, and that's that's a scary, that's even a scarier time uh, because people are really listening, you know, on both sides of the aisle. They're really listening, paying attention to what our rhetoric is, what our speech is, our dialogue. Pastor Phillips, what do you think about what Dr. Wesley just said? I'm sorry, I just kind of shifted us a little bit there, man. Well, I mean, Dr. Redler is is absolutely right. And I think it's because um, we are living in a nation that is divided. And mm-hmm. there really are two Americas, mm-hmm. the two Americas. Mm-hmm. And depending upon which America you live in uh, will shape your view uh, as what is going on, whether it's positive or negative. There's, there's, there's one America that lives on the right <laughs> uh, and one that lives on the left. All right. There is an America that's Republican. There is America that's Democrat. There's an America that's rich. There's an America that's poor. Um, there's there's an America that sees racism and 
uh, injustice, and there's America that just sees misunderstanding. And there is a church uh, that sees uh, social uh, justice or injustice or not to be in its realm or responsibility to address. Uh, and as a result, uh, the church at large is asleep. Uh, and there really needs to be an awakening. And so I'm not sure what else needs to happen uh, for many of our brothers and sisters uh, from a different culture to wake up. But there are some people, and even in the African-American, let me say that too, uh, community, there are some black preachers who are very famous who uh, are asleep. And I don't know if it's because they want to protect their brand or they want to protect um, their income. They feel it may, uh, it, speaking out on this issue, uh, may affect uh, how much profit, you know, they make for the books. But uh, to not to say anything. That's a key word, Pastor, profit, P-R-O. Yeah, not yeah, 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 yeah. To not to say anything is, is, is I mean, what is expression silent as consent? And I think that um, we feel as though as a church uh, that we shouldn't say anything, uh, that somehow this is going to blow over. You know, I, I, I think you both are right. I think we're in a, in a we're in a, a, a not only an ugly space because mm-hmm. it is divided, but. You, uh, let, let me let me let me ask you all this, and, and we just need to put it out on the table. And we need to have this discussion because people are listening and looking, and they want to not only hear what we have to say tonight, but they want to know. You know, these people say they love God. Yeah, <laughs> these people say you know we we saw the president all of the Bible and that 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 charge both factions. Um. What what is the families? Let's look at this. The people who are experiencing this these levels of injustice. What do we say? What does the church address these families outside of funerals? We have to. We cannot just speak at funerals. This is a sad commentary in America, particularly among African Americans, that the church is only viable. At a funeral, we have to. What can we? What are we not saying? What? What do you, I mean? What are my white brothers and sisters not wanting to understand or comprehend or get, engage themselves in? You know, Pastor Hill is talking about some black preachers sleep. I mean, I think both both sides of the aisle are asleep, and 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 I think these tragedies are shaking us. Uh, to a place where we have to wake up and find and smell that the coffee is not burning. It's just hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you all think about the church? I mean, I've talked to some white pastors. I- I'll give you this in my own, this is my personal context, but I'm Dr. Bailey, you can speak to this however you want to do it. A few years ago, I reached out to some, I was, our church was uh, transitioning. Uh, we were meeting in the school and we were just like right before the, I guess, after the election. And we needed to, I just, I just had a pulling on, tugging on me to, by my Holy Spirit to, to contact some of the pastors in the area. We were in a meeting in a suburban area, so suburban middle school. And I wanted to reach out to some pastors for prayer. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. I reached out to some pastors 
for prayer. Something's wrong with y'all, Michael. Y'all not hear me. I'm gonna say it again. So I just reached out, not for a theological exercise, not for a political dialogue, mm-hmm. not for a sociological training. Mm-hmm. I only reached out for prayer, and out of the ten or so pastors in the area that I reached out for prayer, uh, not one consented to pray with a new pastor let's 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 just forget my my race or my theological framework or my church they would not come even it was a a church meeting next to the school their members came over but not the pastor wow and 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 i think there's some really deep issues here that I think racism, and I'm going to say this at the end, I'm going to preface it now and, and as I get this dialogue from you all, racism is more than calling me the N-word or being mean to me. It's about right. and systems. Right. And, 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 and my, I couldn't even gather past, I mean, I didn't post my picture in the letter. Hmm. They didn't know, I mean, they didn't know who I was or what I looked like. All I called for just a Sunday morning, come together, coffee, and just pray, just pray for five minutes and send them on their way. And not one reply. And then the one that replied said, you know, we're not used to doing those things. And he asked me a question, was was I a black church? Now, I, I think that... <laughs> well, I think, I think, Bishop, that speaks... I said that there are two Americas, and, and truly mm-hmm. there are two churches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right. it's an overused um, quote or uh, statement, but it's true. Uh, the most segregated time in America is at Sunday, 11 o'clock. But I would mm-hmm. argue that not only is the church segregated in America on Sunday, but it is segregated throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Not so much physically, uh, mm-hmm. but in their beliefs about social mm-hmm. justice, mm-hmm. the belief of um, uh, uh, what... Uh, political party affiliation. You know, some people actually believe that um, if you're uh, not a Republican and they're Christians, then you're of the devil. Uh, You know, and so we're segregated in our lifestyles, how we we interact or don't interact. And so I think, Bishop, what you what you saw uh, when it came and the question was posed, are you a black church? We're saying, well, well, you're in the white church and I'm in the white church, you're in a black church. And so we're divided. So uh, the whole, to my new, new Testament uh, uh, survey professor, the whole one Lord, one faith, one baptism, mm-hmm. uh, that in itself needs to be looked at a little more because I think yeah. the interpretation of yeah. that, yeah. whose church, what church, uh, what, does, what does the one church look like? Uh, and so, so many, of, so many times in Christendom, we've been tongue in cheek about you know, God's no respect to person and, you know, Jew, Gentile, all, all of that's well and good, you know. And for some people, it makes a good a good sermon. But in terms of uh, uh, practicing that, uh, we're at, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a chasm. There is a gap between what we say and how we work it out. And so what Bishop you alluded to, it's just the fact that, that, that it, I, almost, we all, I almost want to say, are we serving the same God? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, I'm sorry, Doctor. I, I I just 
but I want to say this again before before Dr. Ruddy speaks. I was not asking for a handout. No. I was not asking for a ministry uh, comment or anything. I was asking for Luke 18 and 1, Dr. Wesley. Men are always right. pray. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. see any gender there. I mean, any racial right. issues there in the construct of that text. So um, help me understand. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, uh, that I... Well, I'm, I'm thinking I, this was, I don't remember if this was this last April or a year ago, April, I think it was a, a year ago, April, um, there was a, a clip that was making the rounds from an MSNBC program where uh, Dr. Eddie Glowdy from uh, Princeton Theological Center yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. speaking. And uh, and, and at the, the end of his remark, he was talking about saving America from the burden of whiteness. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and that's that's a phrase that has stuck with me. Uh, one of the one of the things that I find myself doing a lot is reminding white Christians that most Christians in the world right now are not white. Mm. Um, that, that when you when you look not just in North America, that's right. But if you look in if you look in Asia, if you look in Africa, you know the 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 vast majority of Christians globally are not white. And right. to me, as somebody who's you know in his sixties, this is amazing. No. I don't believe. No, you know, I don't. Receive, as the church would say, I don't receive that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. It's. A, I'll show you my driver's license. <laughs> but but uh, we're not going to start a birther movement on Dr. Webber. <laughs> you know, this is this is amazing. You know, I remember when you know China was was led by Mao, and we only got these grainy black and white videos, and we didn't know what was going on. And now there are more Christians in China than there are in the United States. Right. You know. Right, right. Uh, to go in a completely different direction. Um, uh, David Livingston, the famous um, Scottish missionary, a doctor in, right. in Africa. It is, you know, said he spent his whole life in Africa and he maybe made one convert. And there are more Christians now in Africa than there are in North America. Right, right. And, and, and right. it continues to grow. The global church is going to be led by people who are not white. Right. And, and this this is the answer to the prayers that people, white people haven't been praying with you, mm-hmm. but but, uh, you know, that, that they've been praying for a generation. It's time we accept the answer. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now let me let me make another move with this. Uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned Scott McKnight earlier um, and and he was he was one of my professors very early on. He's not much older than I am, but he was one of my professors. Um, he wrote a brilliant book that I think everybody should read called The King Jesus Gospel. Gospel right, right. Uh, distinguishes what he calls the soteric gospel, which is kind of this North American corruption of the gospel. It's <laughs> that the gospel is just about getting your ticket punched to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas the true good news of God is that God is king and he mm. has become king by the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus and by yes. the out yes. of his spirit on the followers yes. of Jesus. Right. And yes. God is taking his world back with all the people in it. Yes. And, right. and now, you know, and this is why, you know, your kingdom come, right. your will be done right. on earth as it is in heaven, you know. Yes. So you can't just have a soteric gospel. 
It's about and later. As you're talking about funerals, yeah, it's more than just funerals. Right, right. It's 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 life in the community. It's life in the family. It's it's life with one another. I can't help but think, and this now I'm gonna I'm gonna let out some dirty church laundry here. I can't I can't think that part of the reaction to your invitation to pray is is the the dirty secret of ministry. And that is that we think we're all in competition with each other. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so we and so we can't we can't we can't make room for other folk. That, that's even easier to do if if you're white and you're looking at a black church. But yeah, that and and we find all kinds of of hair splitting reasons to say that you're on the wrong side of this and that and so right. forth. And, and we're and we're protecting our own empires when we do that. But you know, when you get this thing, it's like you can't. You're not going to run out of good news. There's not going to be a shortage of people to minister to or be done in the name of the Lord and all of that. Uh, So it's, it's just, I want, I want people to embrace this moment, not as something which is, is displacing them and putting them in in fear where they're retrenching and, and, and they want to fight. I want them to discover the real grace and mercy of God, which frees them. To be generous. Right, right. And then in that, I would say, I would say to any white Christian who is thinking about what can I do right now, the answer would my first answer would be just be quiet and listen to your brothers and sisters of color. And seriously what they have to say. Listen to them like you want to be listened to. And don't think about what you're going to say next. Just listen. Yeah. I I think you we have to start somewhere and that's why i think this conversation is so critical somebody's watching this white or black and they're probably saying themselves you know the gospel is inclusive so if it's inclusive why you know because i can hear somebody saying that you know that's racist to not want to pray with the bishop i think it's beyond that i think it's what dr Whitley is saying is that they viewed uh, well, this new church in the area, you know what I mean? So we can't give any kind of level playing field or whatever into this church in the area. We got to ostracize them and isolate them. So I think it was more than just, not, but I, I will admit that's not my first impression. Now, now this is the critical fact of the conversation tonight. That's the ugly side of it is that my first reaction Mm-hmm. Right or wrong, right or mm-hmm. wrong, my first reaction, these white preachers are being racist. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. right. It was not my biblical reaction. Mm-hmm. Well, right. it's not It's not as if you don't have reason to think that. Right. 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 Well, I'm just right. saying my first reaction is, yeah. and it's like like I'm asking, like I said earlier, it wasn't I'm asking for a handout, I'm not asking anything. And, but I think that right there, without understanding and you would you all would probably agree or disagree without understanding the grace of god i would take that and let that cut into my flesh and make it every issue now (laughs) you know what i mean every issue is about race no everything issue isn't about race some are just you're just dumb i mean you just don't get it you're an idiot i mean you know You don't see, I get a witness, you know what I mean? You just don't do it in that regard. That is, you know, it's, it's like, for example, I said this a few weeks ago, and Dr. Welly and Pastor, I know you all agree with it. If I'm in a desert and, and, and I need water, 
I don't really give a damn who gives me the water. Right. I'm thirsty. Yes. <laughs> Am I wrong to understand that context in reference to the gospel of the church? I, yeah, yeah I, need, I need some water. Yes, right. and, and, and I think there's a barrage of, of, of things and issues there that really startled me with just prayer. And then, you know, what it also did, and you're not careful as a spiritual leader, and you know how this is, Dr. the people you lead mm-hmm. will take on that. Yes. yes. So yes. I had to be cognizant as the understanding yes. that, yes. you know, hey, I don't want my people out here throwing fruit at this, the church. You know what well, I mean? well I, you're right there. I think uh, at that point, uh, you're absolutely right, Bishop, that uh, a leader and those that a leader um, leads, many of them who believe in that leader will take on their um, view. OK, right. Um, I remember watching the news here recently where someone said, well, I'm not going to wear a mask. And they said, well, why aren't you going to wear a mask? Because the president won't wear a mask. Mm. Uh, And so you're absolutely right. Um, And I'm thinking about the text I dealt with yesterday uh, from Jonah and uh, where the king of Nineveh, he himself uh, put on sackcloth. (laughs) He himself fasted. And I believe the reason he did that is because he realized as a leader that maybe there was some culpability uh, in the way the police, the wickedness of the people. And so he said, well, if the people are going to do it, I think I better do this, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that as we look at the political landscape today, we don't see that from uh, Black Lives Matter Parkway we, we, Boulevard. We don't see that. <laughs> we, we see a president who um, says what he wants to say, and he speaks to his base of an estimated 80 million people. And that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. There is no, and that's a problem. Uh, and we got to remember that some of these police officers go to some <laughs> church. Okay. Yeah, I do. And, and what they're hearing on Sunday may be that whole, that other church. Okay, mm-hmm. where everyone is lazy, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're not gonna believe the whole thing about the poor shall be with us always. No, 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 no. Uh, you gotta work, you know, for your pay. So that's the that that's a different church because one church says um, that you gotta work for your pay. You know, we we we'll, we'll ascribe to that scripture. And other the other says, well, the poor will always be with you. <laughs> And and so that's a divided church. And so right. when it comes to social uh, to civil disobedience, there's a difference. You know, uh, there is a side that says uh, government was institute, instituted by God, Romans 13, and we are to obey, obey that. And then there's the other side that says, yeah, that's true. But if I have to choose to obey God or man or the law, I'm yeah, going to obey right. God. God. And so. There's there's an absence of an understanding uh, that the church and God himself uh, supports civil disobedience. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we look at the, the midwives, right, in Exodus, when the Pharaoh said, kill, kill those, those no, 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 midwives said, we're not going to do it. We're not, we're absolutely not going to do it. And, and we fail to see that. We, we, we want, uh, uh, there's a quote here, because I, I think this quote, this quote says it. Just, just be patient, because this this quote uh, says it from Dr. King. So it's an excerpt from his letter from the Birmingham jail. I, I found it very interesting. Uh, it was quoted by uh, Eric Mason in this book, Woke right, right. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent book. 
but he says, I have a, I've heard numerous Southern religious leaders admonish their worshipers to comply with desegregation decisions uh, because it is law. But I have longed to hear white ministers mm. declare, follow this decree because integration is morally right and because there is because they're they're your brother. In the midst of blatant injustices, King writes, inflicted upon the Negro, I have watched white churchmen stand on the sideline and mouth pious irrelevancies and sanctimonious trivialities, trivialities that is. In the midst of a mighty struggle uh, to rid our nation of racial and economic injustice, I have heard many ministers say, those are social issues, here we go, with which the gospel has no concern. And I have watched many churches commit themselves to a completely otherworldly religion, which makes a strange unbiblical distinction between body, soul, and yeah. between sacred and secular. Yeah. And there, yeah. there lies the problem. That's it. Yep. There lies the problem today. So we, 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 some of these are, are the people that, 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 that sit under some of these pastors, what they're taught, they carry that, and they'll say, my pastor said this. And then the brother person, well, I heard my pastor said this. And there's no sense of compromise today. There's, it, it, there's no sense of civility of mm. meeting in the middle or, 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 or yeah. differences. And, yeah. you know, it's either one way, uh, one way is right and one way is wrong. There's no, I can accept your differences, you know, and, and you know, you know, so. You, you, you're right on. Um, I, I just got to comment on your early statement because people are commenting on here. Police officers go to church, <laughs> right? right. And, and they're and and Doctor Brother, they're hearing their pastors mm-hmm. say the president is right and everybody else is the devil in hell, right? And they're hearing that, and 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 I'm not just I'm not shit trying to turn this politically, but this is what we the ugly part of America we're living in. That and you're sitting and I'm sitting there saying to myself. As a pastor, you know, not as an American, but as a pastor, there's sheep listening to you and there's sheep not listening to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, and if they consider themselves a sheep of yeah. a certain flock and they're going to a shift in an inner city area mm-hmm. and, they, and they're saying, they, 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 like you said something earlier, Dr. Really, about normalized. Mm-hmm. In the context of what you, the frame, how you were framing it, mm-hmm. it is normal in, in my in my world. I said last week, I got stopped by uh, you know um, by a police officer, and I, they said I didn't go through the stop um, sign and make a complete stop. And I said that last week, and I, I got some comments on it that some people had experienced the same thing. And but this is the critical piece when it happened. They didn't tell me. I went through the drill. See, I, I, I'm because I have some normalized things in my culture, in my context. I went through the drill. Let down the windows. Everything is open. It's it's in the morning. It's going through school. You know, uh, rush hour, whatever. The first thing the police officer says to me is not, "Can I see your license or driver you know, insurance?" Or you went through. You didn't make a complete stop back there. The first thing that the, the drivers, that the officer said to me, do I work for Lexus? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to piggyback what Pastor Phillips is saying. 
that mm-hmm. person is probably sitting in somebody's church. Yes. Mm-hmm. That pastor is probably uh, went to a seminary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has probably been, he's preaching a certain word mm-hmm. of that these people are lazy. They're, they're yeah. better than government and, and, and they're, they're, they're animals and they're violent. They're pre- um, pre- supposed to violence and and so they, they, he leaves because people forget that Bull Connor was a deacon in his church you know what I mean right right, right. so so doesn't matter what you see it's matter how they're like he said like Pat Phil said what we're getting every day right we're segregated every day it's not just you know on Sunday yeah. but they're receiving yeah. that word and so I think white pastors White, my white pastors, brothers and sisters, we, you know, is that what they mean? And, and I, I just want to divert just a little bit. Is that what they mean about when I hear white pastors? And you can c- correct me if I'm if I'm mistaken how I'm framing it. They say we need racial reconciliation. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope that today's episode was informative and impactful. Have a question or want more information? Feel free to visit us online at copcincy.org or connect with us on social media at copcincy. We'd love to hear from you. Well, until next time, have an amazing week.